You're listening to sermon audio from River City Church in Fargo, North Dakota. River City Church exists to make disciples of Jesus who make disciples of Jesus through the gospel of Jesus. You can find out more about River City by visiting our website at www.rivercityfargo.org. Father in heaven, we praise you for who you are, and we pray this morning that you would reveal yourself to us. We pray that you show us your glory in the person of Jesus Christ who came to be born as a baby. We pray, O God, as as you reveal yourself to us, that you would cause our hearts to worship you And help us to desire to focus on you today and every day. For we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning and Merry Christmas. Um, Merry Christmas. My name is Devin, and I have the great joy of serving as one of the pastors here at River City. And this morning, we are concluding our Advent sermon series going through just one verse, John 1.14, and that's where we will be again today. So if you have your copy of God's Word, you can turn there with me, John chapter 1.14, or John chapter verse, John 1, verse 14. If you need a Bible, you can raise your hand. Our strike team's coming down now. Um, They'll hand a Bible out to you. Uh, It's on page 517 of the Bibles that are being handed out. Now, in this series so far, um, we've looked at the Word becoming flesh, in that the Word is Jesus Christ, and He is fully God and fully man. And then we looked at how Jesus came to dwell with us and to fulfill God's promise that He made to be with us. And then last week, we looked at the glory of Jesus and how we are called to glorify God in everything that we do. And this morning we're going to conclude uh, this verse by looking at the last phrase in the sentence that says, full of grace and truth. And in the context of the sentence, it's talking about the glory of the word being full of grace and truth. So keep that in mind as we look at our passage, John 1, verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is God's holy Word that is itself truth. Now, December and Christmas is an amazing time of the year. For many of you, I'm sure it is your favorite time of the year, and for almost all of us, it's maybe the busiest time of year. And in the busyness, it can be really easy to be distracted from truly celebrating Christmas. I mean, there's a lot of things going on. There's Christmas trees and Christmas decorations and Christmas lights and presents and food and family and traveling and negative 20 temperatures and snowstorms. There's Santa Claus. There's Christmas movies. There's hot chocolate. 
And did I mention there's presence? Not that we necessarily shouldn't do any of these things, but when we are solely focused on these things, we miss the true meaning of Christmas. And on top of that, we miss true joy, true peace, and true life. By focusing on everything of this world, we miss everything that God is desiring to give to us in Christ Jesus. And that is why we celebrate Christmas. So what should we be focusing on then? As we celebrate Christmas, what should we we be focusing on? I believe that we should be focusing on the character of God because Jesus came to make known the character of God to us. Or to say this in another way, when you're celebrating Christmas, don't miss Jesus. Don't miss Jesus because Jesus makes known the character of God to us. And in particular, in our passage, there are two things that we learn about the character of God, and these are my two points this morning. So first, we learn that God is full of grace, and we learn that God is full of truth. Now, before we dive in, I'm going to need your help with something. This morning, every time that I say, never, ever, ever, I'm going to need you all to say, ever, 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 and keep going until I go like this. Okay? So let's practice. God is abounding in steadfast love. His steadfast love will never, ever, ever. Great, great job. Okay, I think we're ready. I think we're ready. All right, our passage this morning teaches us that the glory of the word is full of grace and truth. And as Jackson stated last week very well, that we cannot understand fully the New Testament without understanding the Old Testament. In fact, we cannot fully understand Jesus if we do not understand the Old Testament. Now, if Jackson can give a shameless plug for my class, I think I'm allowed to give a shameless plug for my class. Guys, we're studying the Old Testament next semester. It's going to be fantastic. Join us. Informational meeting January 15th. Please be there. That was a freebie. Now, this idea in John 1.14 is that God is full of grace and truth is clearly referring back to Exodus 34, verses 5 through 8, which Alex read for us earlier. In that passage, Moses asks God to show him his glory. And God says, I will tell you my name. Now, a name in the Old Testament, particularly a name of God, refers to his character. So when God is about to reveal his name, he's about to reveal his character. And this is what he said, as Alex read earlier. The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sins, but who will by no means clear the guilty. This is one of the most important depictions of God's character throughout all of Scripture, and it is referred to over and over again. Now, in John 1.14, the Apostle John is clearly and directly referring to this passage in Exodus 34. He's specifically referring to the Lord abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So the Lord is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, and Jesus is full of grace and truth. Those are the same ideas. Those are the same ideas. 
So we're first going to look at how God is abounding in steadfast love and full of grace. And then we're going to look at how God is abounding in faithfulness and full of truth. All right, I'm done with my four introductions. And now we can actually like get to business here. So first point, God is full of grace. God is full of grace means that God is abounding in steadfast love. So for, God, for us to understand what it means for God to be full of grace, we need to understand what it means for the Lord to be abounding in steadfast love. So God's steadfast love comes from the Hebrew word chesed. And it's kind of a fun word to say, so maybe let's just practice. It's, uh, the first letter is a guttural, it's called, and so you have to really get deep into your throat. So let's practice. Chesed. Chesed. Yeah, if you're not spitting on the person in front of you, you're doing it wrong. So, chesed. God's chesed, or his steadfast love, is his special, committed love that he has for his people. And when I say committed, I mean that he's committed to loving his people according to his promises. It's like a husband loving his bride based on the vows that he made to her. Marriage is a special covenant relationship, and vows are the covenant promises that both spouses are committing to. And this is how God relates with his people. In fact, throughout Scripture, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, God refers to his people as his bride. And his love is his committed, excuse me, his love is committed to his covenantal promises to his people. So what are those covenantal promises? God makes a lot of amazing promises throughout Scripture. But by far, the most important promise that he makes is, I will be your God, and you will be my people. I will be your God, and you will be my people. That is the most important promise that God makes throughout Scripture. And God is wholeheartedly committing to make this promise the reality for his people. He is committed to his people and loves them with an everlasting love. I love the way the Jesus Storybook Bible puts it. How many of you have read the Jesus Storybook Bible? Got a lot of hands. I love it. It's a great book. Highly recommend it. Isaac, would you recommend it too? All right. But the Jesus Storybook Bible says it beautifully. God is committed to his people with a never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. God's steadfast love will never, ever, ever... God's steadfast love will never end because God is abounding in steadfast love. Now, throughout the Old Testament, God's steadfast love is based off of his sovereign choice. God sovereignly chooses Abraham. He sovereignly chooses Jacob and not Esau. He sovereignly chooses Israel. And I make this point Because what we see throughout the Old Testament is God's committed love to his people and his people's sinful disobedience and adultery against the Lord. In other words, because of sin, it is impossible for God's special love to be earned by any human being. God loves his people because he loves his people. God is committed to his people because he's committed to his people. Not because of anything that he, not because of anything his people have done to earn his special love. It's kind of like if you're playing Mario Kart 
and you choose Princess Peach, you're committed to Princess Peach for that whole race. Right? You can't just quit and not choose her. In the same way, whoever God chooses, he is committed to for the full race of eternity. This is God's steadfast love. It's his special committed love that he has for his people. And his steadfast love for his people will never, ever, ever... His steadfast love for his people will never change because God is abounding in steadfast love. Now, this is a very brief introduction of God's steadfast love, but it helps us understand what is happening when Jesus steps into the scene, or more literally, Jesus steps into the world. Jesus is God, and he makes known to us the character of God. And our passage in John 1.14 says that Jesus is full of grace. And as we were, I'm just making the point that that means that the Lord is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. These are the same things. Now, how do these go together? Jesus Christ is the full expression of God's commitment to his people. Jesus shows us how much God is committed to his people. And he shows us how much God loves his people. God loves his people so much that he sent his only unique son to take on flesh and to dwell among us. Jesus, the king and the ruler of all things, came to a broken world full of disease and sin and death and Satan. You can think about it like this. Imagine if LeBron James, who is known as the king of basketball, imagine that he gives up all of his riches and he leaves the NBA, and he goes and he plays in the worst league in the history of the world. A league full of unfair refing, cheating, cheap shots, and booing fans. Take that times infinity, and that's what it was like for Jesus to come into our fallen and broken world. But Jesus wasn't just born here. He was tempted in every way that we were, yet he did not sin. And he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Jesus is the full expression of God's committed love for his people. And if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, this is how much God is committed to you and he loves you. You can think about it like this. God loves you this much. God is committed to you this much. Amen? Now, at this point, you may be wondering, well, that makes sense for love, but what does that have to do with God's grace? And I think that's a great question. God's grace is the undeserved favor that he pours out on his people because of his steadfast love for them. I'll say that again. God's grace is the undeserved favor that he pours out on his people because of his steadfast love for them. In other words, if you are a believer, God expresses his love for you by pouring out his grace on you. And when he pours out his grace on you, it leads to your salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says it well. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. 
It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It is only by the undeserved gift of God that you have been saved. And there is no way that you can earn God's grace because even your good deeds are like a filthy rag in the eyes of the holiness of God. I want you to imagine, maybe not in too much detail, the most disgusting toilet that you can think of. Now, I want you to imagine taking a rag and cleaning that toilet, and then you take, after cleaning the toilet, you go to God and you say, God, here, accept me. This is what it's like when we're trying to earn God's favor with our good deeds. Our good deeds are filthy rags in the eyes of the holiness of God. There's no way that you can earn God's favor because the only thing that you deserve for your sin, the Bible tells us, is death and the full wrath of God. The only way that you can be saved is by grace through faith. If you don't have grace, then you can't have faith. And if you don't have faith, then you can't be saved. So let me ask you this morning, have you received the gift of God's grace? If not, please don't leave here this morning without talking to me or somebody else about this. But if you have, if you have received the gift of God's grace, then you have received the greatest gift in the history of creation. There is no greater Christmas present that you can receive because you have received the gift of God's undeserved grace that has led to your salvation. And the fullness of God's grace has been poured out on you. How many of you have been to uh, the water park at the Canad Inn in Grand Forks? Anybody? Just a few. A couple hands. All right. So at the water park there, they have this giant water bucket. It's huge. I don't know how big it is. It's near the ceiling. And what it does is it constantly is being filled up with water. And it's designed in such a way that when it gets full, all of the water tips out. And, like, it's really fun to watch the kids because they're, they're standing there just waiting in anticipation for this huge bucket of water just to pour out all of its contents on the kids. And when it happens, like, the kids just become completely drenched in the water. Beloved, this is what it's like when God pours out the abundant riches of his grace on you. You become drenched with the steadfast love of the Lord. You become soaked with complete salvation for your sins. You become flooded with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. You become permeated with everything that you need for life and godliness. You become submerged with the greatest gift that you could ever possibly receive. And unlike the giant waterfall bucket... God does not need to constantly be refilled because he is abounding in steadfast love. He is full of grace. His steadfast love extends to the heavens. The grain bin of God's steadfast love is always full. The silo of God's grace is constantly overflowing. The treasury of his grace knows no limit. God's grace to you in Christ Jesus will never, ever, ever God's grace to you in Christ Jesus will never run dry because God is full of grace. 
this is what we should be focusing on when we celebrate Christmas, because this is the point of Christmas. Now, just quickly by way of application and reflection, when we're truly focusing on the God of grace, then we too would be full of grace. And so a question that we need to ask is, are you full of grace? And if not, then have you truly received the gift of God's grace? Another question to consider is, what does it look like practically to be full of grace in the everyday stuff of life? Maybe that could be a good CG question, Marty. There are so many things that distract us from truly celebrating Christmas. And by focusing on everything of this world, we miss everything that God is desiring to give us in Christ Jesus. So this Christmas, don't miss Jesus. Because Jesus makes known to us the character of God. Jesus shows us the full expression that God is full of grace. And he shows us the full expression that God is full of truth. So second point this morning, God is full of truth. Now, as I said before, you cannot fully understand the New Testament or even Jesus without understanding the Old Testament. And also, as I said before, um, the Apostle John in John 1.14 is clearly and directly referring back to Exodus 34, where the Lord declares himself to be abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So Jesus being full of truth is the full expression of what it means for the Lord to abound in faithfulness. So, therefore, for us to understand what what it means for Jesus to be full of truth, we need to understand what it means for the Lord to abound in faithfulness. Now, in the Old Testament, the Lord's faithfulness means that he is always faithful to his character, and he is always faithful to his promises. His character can be subbed up as, he forgives iniquity and transgressions, but will by no means clear the guilty. Or to sum that up even more, The Lord in his character is always faithful to save, and he is always faithful to judge. He's faithful to save, and he's faithful to judge. So God is faithful to his character, but he's also faithful to his promise, which we looked at earlier. The most important promise that God makes is, I will be your God, and you will be my people. And throughout the whole Old Testament, what we see is God's faithfulness. Every second of every day, the Lord was faithful to save, and he was faithful to judge. Over and over again, he was faithful to make his promise come true. Even when the people were faithless, God remained faithful because it is his very character. The Lord has been, and the Lord always will be faithful to his character and faithful to his promise. He will never, ever, ever... He will never, ever be unfaithful because the Lord is abounding in faithfulness. Now, in our bathrooms here, uh, I like you say that you're wondering where I'm going next. This one isn't going to be as bad as the last one. But in our bathrooms here, we have these fancy automatic paper, paper, uh, paper towel dispensers. Every time you take a paper towel, another one rolls out. You take a paper towel the next one comes out. You take a paper towel, the next one comes out. Again and again and again and again, the dispenser will roll out paper towels. Beloved, in the same way, again and again and again and again, God will always be faithful to his character and he will always be faithful to his promise. 
except unlike the paper towel dispenser, he will never run out of paper towels. He will never run out of battery power because he will always and forever be faithful. And now every time you dry your hands here at the church, I want you to think about the Lord's faithfulness, that he will always be faithful to save and faithful to judge because he will never, ever, ever He will never be unfaithful because he is abounding in faithfulness. And we know this ultimately because of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the full expression of what it means for God to abound in faithfulness. God is always faithful to save and he's faithful to judge. And this is good news because God was faithful to save his people through the judging of his son. God is so faithful to his character that he emptied out his judgment on Jesus so that we can be saved. He poured out the full wrath on Christ Jesus so that we can be redeemed. He crushed his only unique son so that we can be adopted into the family of God. He pierced the Messiah in our place so that we would be made whole. God is so faithful to his promise that he cut off Jesus from the presence of God so that we can be in the presence of God. God fulfilled his promise by forsaking Emmanuel. And Jesus Christ took the curse for us so that we would be blessed in him by the presence of God. Beloved, God is always faithful to save and he is faithful to judge. And if you are a believer in Christ Jesus, he was faithful to the point of saving you by judging his own son. Again, you can think about it like this. God is this faithful. Amen? God has always been faithful. He is faithful right now, and he will always be faithful. Throughout the history of the entire of creation, God has always been faithful. And I know that if you look back at the history of your life, God has always been faithful to what he says he will do. God is abounding in faithfulness. He will never, ever, ever, ever. He will never be unfaithful. And Jesus makes known to us the faithfulness of God. Now at this point you might be wondering, that's great, but what does that have to do with Jesus being full of truth? And again, that's a great question. Faithfulness and truth are overlapping realities throughout Scripture. Truth is reality which God alone defines. The truth of God is His unchanging standard of His faithfulness expressed in His Word. God is always faithful to His truth, which is His standard of righteousness. Or to maybe just sum that up a little bit. The truth is the standard... And God's faithfulness is his always living up to that standard. Or to even simplify it even more, the truth is God's words. God's faithfulness are his actions. And his words and his actions always go together. Because God is faithful, we can trust his words. And because God is truth, we can trust everything that he does. The paper towel dispenser in the bathroom promises that a paper towel will come out every single time. 
And you know what? Sometimes the battery runs out. Sometimes the paper towels run out. But God will never run out. God promises that he will always be faithful to his word, and he always is. Jesus Christ is abounding in faithfulness and full of truth. And this is what we should be focusing on during Christmas because this is the point of Christmas. And when we are fully focusing on God being full of truth, then we would be full of truth. That is, we would be faithful to living in accord with the truth of God. So again, question to consider. Are you full of truth? And if not, then have you truly believed in the truth of God, in the faithfulness of God? Another thing to consider is what does it look like practically in the everyday stuff of life for you to be full of truth? There are so many things that distract us from truly celebrating Christmas. And when we are focusing on everything of this world, we miss everything that God is to us in Christ Jesus. And that is he is abounding in faithfulness and full of truth. Beloved, this Christmas, don't miss Jesus. Now, as we conclude here this morning, it's important to know that God's steadfast love and his faithfulness, they go together. His grace and his truth go together. And if you try to separate them, you change the meaning of both. Just like if you try to separate lady and bug from ladybug. You get two separate things. But if you put them together, you get a ladybug. You cannot separate God's faith, his steadfast love from his faithfulness. You cannot separate his grace from his truth. God's steadfast love is always in line with the truth because you cannot have love without truth. God's grace is an expression of his faithfulness. In other words, if he is faithful, then he will pour out his grace on his people. God is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. He is full of grace and truth. God will always be committed to his people with a never-stopping, never-giving-up, unbreaking, always-and-forever love. He is the overflowing giant bucket of water pouring out his grace on his people. He is the paper towel dispenser that will again and again and again and again be faithful. We know because of Jesus Christ that God will always be abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. His steadfast love and faithfulness will never, ever, ever. It will never end. Because he is abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. He is full of grace and truth. And beloved, this is what we should be focusing on when we celebrate Christmas. Because Christmas is celebrating God's full expression of grace and truth in the person of Christ Jesus. So let us not lose sight of this today or any day. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we love you and we praise you for your steadfast love and faithfulness. We thank you that you are full of grace and truth. 
and that your grace and your truth for us will never, ever, ever end. I pray this morning that as we've got to take these few minutes to look at you in your character, that you would help us to be focused on you, that we would worship you today, celebrate you today, uh, and not just today, but every day. Would you help us to truly believe that you are abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness? Would you help us to truly believe in Christ Jesus as the full expression of your character? And would you help us to be full of grace and full of truth? Be with us now, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.